Hello and welcome to Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast starring me, Tan Mega. Yan Mega. AKA Tanner Green Ring. And I am joined, as always, by my co host, Garchosh. Garchomp. And we are joined, as sometimes, for the second time. Wow. And hopefully not the last time, by Tony Kiss. Oh, thank you. Togekiss? Tojikiss? Yeah, look. Tojikiss. Tojikiss. How do they say it? Uh, I've always said Tony Kiss. Tony Kiss. <laughs> Which is like that. It's easy. It's Tony Kiss. That's right. Sorry. Why was I saying it wrong? It's Tony Kiss. AKA Anthony Smith. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. It's really, really great to be back. I, I, like, I have been looking forward to this since the first time I was on. Were you on the final Elite Four episode last time, too? I was the season finale guest last time. I'm the season finale guest this time. I'd call myself a big bad, except I'm extremely easy to vanquish. But it's really nice to be here. The same thing that happened last time is all we can already say is happening this time, too, where we had so much banter that we had to split it up into two episodes. And we already know that's happening because none of us understood how fucking wild battle zone is yeah we're making the call now that is going to be another episode after yeah this we're, we're gonna be chasing waterfalls i was just reeling from the fact that like you get to that island and like basically like an npc you've never met before turns to you and it's like it was the best of times it was the worst of times and you're like what the <laughs> fuck am i about to like embark on they address you by name they say anthony Welcome yeah. to the real game. And that was the thing. They said Anthony, but that's not my name in the game. So how the fuck did they right. know? Yeah. Wow. It gets pretty sophisticated after this point, but we're not going to dive into that quite yet because we got some Pokemon Platinum left to play. Anthony, what game are you playing? I'm playing Platinum. Um, I have played Diamond so, so many times um, that I figured it was time. You're a known Sinnoh head. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, the, the Sinnoh head. I am a very, very big Sinnoh head and uh, platinum. Uh, I will say, uh, I like a bewildering experience. Question mark out of ten is where I am right now. <laughs> but I, I will say, I thoroughly enjoyed the parts that I thoroughly enjoyed. I also think I am a Sinnoh head. Mm -hmm. Having played the first four gens now, Sinnoh is definitely my favorite one. I think that it is the tightest, and I. Th think that like in as much as like the OU meta is the thing that like informs my enjoyment of the game which is like I would say maybe 60% of it like I think that Sinnoh's meta was the most exciting there are so many different tricks that you can have in your back pocket and like there are so many different weather like it, it, it was just it was really really cool to see so many different kinds of things take off in Sinnoh and on top of that just like I think that the Pokemon are really really cool yeah lots of good pokemon lots of neat new mechanics which we will explore this episode we took advantage of a lot of weird stuff now that we got the national decks well josh and i got the national decks it sounds like you struggled with that tony <laughs> i didn't struggle with it so much as it wasn't a wasn't a goal of mine wasn't an immediate goal of mine my goals were um get, my goal was getting a sweet sweet tm from Battle Tower, which I did. So in a way, mission accomplished. Back to you in the studio, Tano. <laughs> well, I mean, we even said in the last episode, we didn't think we would be able to unlock the national decks. It seemed insurmountable. And then by the time I was done with the Elite Four, I actually 
had 206 out of 210. Oh, cool. Yeah, same here. I went and to so it was super I went to easy. Professor What's His Face, and he was like, "You have 207 Pokemon. Like, you only need three more." And I just had to figure out who those three were. Yeah, I didn't think we'd be able to do that. Yeah, I guess because we went on a lot of meandering like side routes. Talk to everyone. Battle everyone. I can see how, for the purposes of programming, you would get like a wider Pokemon deck or po- Pokemon decks. Oof, already an ownable offense. <laughs> you get a, you get a, you you get a, a higher Pokedex count than someone who is just trying to race through the game to the Elite Four to catch up with you, fellas. Well, you have plenty of warning. You knew you were coming on the show. You've known for some time. Have I though? Is that something that we discussed <laughs> literally for like the last a time? generation or so? <laughs> uh, you, you you know, agree to disagree. This is like <laughs> under the pandemic. Yeah, it's just okay to not be okay. Yeah, it's totally fine to not be okay, and it's okay to not be productive. Yeah, even if that includes just playing Pokemon. I had to get the National Pokedex because. One of Steve Human's drinking buddies, Mr. Cass, uh, lost track of his wife in Snowpoint Temple. So he had to go into Snowpoint Temple to find his wife. So I needed the Pokedex to do that, the National Pokedex to do that. So it's really nice of you. Yeah, she was in trouble, you know? She's as much of a party animal as Mr. Cass. So, and when they're together, wow. Yeah, you don't want to see those two together. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. You got to hose them down and get them off each other sometimes. <laughs> It's uh, it's true what they say. Love is love is love is love is love. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and they do say it. That's that's what we celebrate on this podcast. Yeah. We started our journey. Josh and Tony in Sunny Shore City. We have just taken on Volkner mm-hmm. at Sunny Shore Gym, and we now have access to the Elite Four and and Victory Road, and um, we can surf our way north. Yeah, and that is called Route Two Two Three, and it's a it's a water route. When you go to the North Beach of Sunny Shore, Jasmine from back in uh, that's what is that Gen Two? Is she Olivine? What? The gym leader? Jasmine? She talks to you on the beach? Oh, I don't think I recognize that as someone Wait, I was supposed to... that's who that is? Yeah. I don't think I recognize that as a person. She introduces herself as Jasmine. You're so... You're absolutely right. She's got the same haircut. I knew she looked familiar. I just couldn't steel. place it. Yeah. I was just doing that thing where like she was talking to me like I was an old friend. So I was like, all right, stranger, let's always be friends. <laughs> but but no, you're you're absolutely right. I do know her and we do go back twenty years. What a beautiful yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, she gives you uh the HM for waterfall. Right. It's funny that this is the first time where they start bringing like just random characters from the other generations over to Sinnoh. Like, this is a hot spot, even though it's, like, mostly cold region. Oh, yeah. In Victory Road, at some point, you encounter two, like, black belts who Mm -hmm. make a point of saying that they're from the Kanto region and have Kanto Pokemon, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. These guys are training in the mountains, which we know is a euphemism for masturbating. But before we get to these guys J-O-ing, let's talk about Route 223. It's the only like required water route in the game, and it's not a long one. It's like they heard us. It's like our podcast echoed back through time to when they were developing Pokemon Platinum, and they're like, okay, no more water routes. 
Right. The game creators are addicted to water roots where like you just encounter tentacruel after tentacruel. <laughs> and I don't know what, what it is, but like ever since childhood, something about the way that like swimmers move around in the water makes me more stressed out than like avoiding any other kind of tree. I don't like, I don't know what it is. It's just like it's extreme like it triggers my fight or flight to to, to just to just see them moving and know that I have to outmaneuver them. There was one swimmer on this route who was just like spinning erratically mm-hmm. i didn't want to sneak by her i wanted to fight her and get the experience but she was just like yep. doing quick 180s in order to try to catch mm-hmm. me off guard but it's like no i want to fight you and another one i think it's swimmer miranda she's like you know when i put on this bikini i just don't know where to put my pokeballs gross that's nasty. I didn't ask for this. I have to say, too, water Pokemon, it's one of my favorite types in the game. They're so dynamic. They're so creative. They're so beautiful. You wouldn't know that from the water roots and what, like, the water traders have, which is always, like, the most disgusting Pokemon yeah. imaginable, using, like, the most static attacks ever. It's really, like... They're terrible. If the water roots were really just, like, we're going to go big on, like, what water typing is and, like, really embrace this and really show you, like, what the sea has to offer, like, absolutely. But as it stands, I just, I think they're so bad. Such a missed opportunity. It was a lot of wingles, a lot of pelipers... Tentacruels, uh, like usual. a lot of tentacruels. A couple of folks had like Mantines and uh, mm-hmm. Luminian. Luminian, who's fun. a beauty. Yeah, that's a beautiful Pokemon. Yeah, Tentacruel fucked me up this game. the The new like <laughs> f- the new sprite for Tentacruel in Platinum made me realize a lot of things about Tentacruel, which is <laughs> a, it's ugly. Well, yeah. B, it has. A lot of tentacles. Mm -hmm. More than you would think. Like 15 of them. It's like countless. I don't know what this thing is. Is it a jellyfish? Is it an octopus? It's a a quincipus. Okay. (laughs) Like a a 15-legged puss? Yeah. That's that's what it's called. You look in any textbook and it'll say that. It's based on the Portuguese man of war. If you really examine it. I think the most poisonous jellyfish mm-hmm. it's essentially a bug like it's a shell with pincers and then he's got these slimy little tentacles coming off of him man and it's got poison jab now and abusive with that move and yeah. that actually did like a surprising amount of damage to my mon oh that's good to hear because i have a guy who has poison jab and i'm going to use it on you on my you later at the time oh at the time yeah Okay. I have to say, I'm already shaking in my boots over which one of you I'm going to have to battle later. It's going to be Josh. My team is a joke this season, but you know we're having fun. We're not even Pokemon. Like we we have no business battling because we're not Pokemon. We're just men. That's so true. We're just men and women making our way through this crazy mixed up world. You know. Yeah. And my character has an incredible backstory and motivation that I'm sure we're going to find an organic moment later. To reveal. Well, here's the organic moment is I love to ask all the guests what their journey through Sinnoh has been like so far. Oh, yeah. What have you gotten up to and who's your character and what are they up to? My character's name is simply Uwu and <laughs> Uwu grew up extremely, extremely rich, has lived in the lap of luxury all their life. And by the way, Sounds they like are... one of Bree's clients. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They are exactly a client of Bree Von Der. Bought that gold duck, maybe? Well, here's the thing. Most trainers are on a quest to catch them all. Uwu's journey is a little different. Uwu is on a journey to eat them all. Okay. Oh. 
And yeah. you, you'll see that given that Uru doesn't have a notebook, that he's used uh, the Pokemon's name as a place to make notes of how he wants to eat each of the Pokemon that he has bought from Brevander. But Uwu distinctly believes that building a loving relationship with them really tenderizes the meat. Love it. So that's why we're moving through Sinnoh the way that we're moving through Sinnoh. It's because at the end of this all, uh, he's just going to eat them. I don't know if you heard, but Brevander's got a uh, hot new specialty giratina with those legs and the black ooze if you're interested oh and there's a lot of juicy meat in those legs yeah you steam one of those things Ooh. i saw giratina and the little salt shaker in my heart tipped <laughs> to a 45 degree angle and gingerly let out the flakiest shiniest bits of malden i've ever seen in my life God, Malden salt, that's the shit. That's the, it's it's the absolute, there is nothing like a salt that you put on as a garnish. Can I ask a sensitive question about uwu? Obviously. Is it sexual at all? Um, you know, um, it is. It seems like it. Like you the know, sensuous. Uwu's enjoying eating these Pokemon fully tumescent. In the same biology textbook where uh, the Kinsipus is featured, um, it does say that the part of the brain that controls our hunger for food and specifically to eat Pokemon is so linked through a millimeter of synapses to the part of our brain that, that enjoys the, the carnal pleasures of life. Wow. Yeah, I, I picked up on that just from the way you were talking about it. But welcome to Sinnoh Uwu. Thank you. Crazed, rich Pokemon eating maniac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very glad to have you. Thank you. That was the thing when Cyrus was like enslaving them. I think Uru was just like, let's free them so we can eat them. Yeah, let's let's free them into the oven. <laughs> Cyrus was into that for a different reason. Uh, yeah, th that's the thing. Uwu and Cyrus both want to kill every last Pokemon for entirely different reasons. You're also into Team Galactic's MO because you want to create a new universe full of new Pokemon for you to enjoy eating. <laughs> I want to create a new universe full of no Pokemon because I've eaten them all. So 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 yes, in 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 a way like there, there is a Venn diagram with a sexy savory little sliver but at the end of the day team galactic is, is still very very much the enemy and how easy are they to infiltrate you just stand right to the side of them in their own headquarters and they don't even notice you <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're not difficult to take down um and take them down we did in uh the uh what's the thing called the reverse dimension distortion world oh yeah the distortion world what did you think of the distortion world tony okay i think that everyone goes <laughs> through the same thing in the first five seconds of distortion world which is oh this is cool and then by the end of it you are truly like this is the worst fucking thing they've ever put into any game imaginable <laughs> it is yes. it has all it has all the um frustration of a puzzle game without the commitment 
to like a rewarding puzzle. It's really, really bad. I would say that my version of hell is likely doing something similar to Distortion World. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. The the novelty of the fact that you can like surf backwards yep. and like at an angle and like walk up a wall or whatever wears off so quickly. And then you're just like, oh, I'm in this just like awful tile set mm-hmm. with no idea where to go for like I- I- endless amount and of it's time. just a fucking it's another boulder puzzle like we've seen time after time in all of these gens you know like yep who gives a shit you know what it reminded me of you know in disney's alice in wonderland where it just gets to that point that like weird shit is happening and which one live breaks. action johnny depp uh, not live action johnny depp one of the worst ever made but the, the, yeah. the animated <laughs> one one of the best ever made there like it's like all of the weird shit is like happening around her the dog with the broom for the face is like sweeping away her tracks and she just breaks down and starts crying because she cannot take it anymore that's how i felt in distortion world when those you know when you have to like go up a level and like the trees start appearing and disappearing and i was just like (laughs) i was like absolutely i hate that shit absolutely fucking not absolutely not yeah it's a nightmare but we got through it and now we're here we are here. here on on victory road yeah Victory Road remains a challenging little chunk of Pokemon, doesn't it? And it's compounded by the fact that now it's like, it's kind of puzzly. I guess it's always been puzzly, right? It's always been like boulder puzzles, mm-hmm. like figure out how to push push the boulders around in the right order to advance. I, I But I, I feel like I wasn't that challenged in Hoenn, but here this one was pretty rough. There was one puzzle in Hoenn that it was just like, I cannot figure out this puzzle. Yep. I spent like a half an hour trying to figure out a boulder puzzle in Hoenn. This one, the boulder puzzles were not terribly hard in this one. They weren't hard, especially because the last game we played was uh, Fire Red Leaf, or that I played was Fire Red Leaf Green. And so like Seafoam Island sort of teaches you, like there is no new mechanic between that one and this one. I would say I lost a little bit of time on the bike ramps only to like realize like oh i don't actually have to do this ever yeah and so i just ignored them and kept on yeah the only reason to do it is that i think one of them had stone edge mm-hmm. which is a great move yeah that move none of my pokemon could use up. it so it ultimately was pointless for me but that's the fucking thing about stone edge none of your pokemon can use it and like <laughs> it is the thing that like takes out that togekiss we'll get to that later but like no one can learn it fucking like Every Pokemon in the Elite Four has Stone Edge, though. And that was like a giant problem for me. Yeah, it sucked. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, I'm looking at the Pokemon who can learn Stone Edge, and it's so few Pokemon. Yeah, and I didn't understand how so many of them had it. But boy, that move that move kicked my ass a few times. Yeah. Victory Road, for a while, I didn't have any kind of repels on, because I was like, ooh, Victory Road's usually in these games, Victory Road is a place where you can catch some spicy little Mon. Yeah, You can get some cool, new, interesting Pokemon who are high level, but this Victory Road sucked. It was all just Golbats and Gravelers and Rhyhorns. Yeah, you, if you get lucky, you get like a Rhydon, a Steelix, or a Gabbite. Mm-hmm. I actually spent the vast majority of my time training back at that Seven Stars restaurant and then also Route 223, the water route we were just on. Mm-hmm. Because you mostly there, you get a Pelipper or a fucking Tentacruel. Yeah. And they're usually like a thousand something experience. And in here, if you get a Steelix, 
a Gabite or a Golbat and a Rhydon. Fair amount of experience. But everything else, which is mostly what you get, mm-hmm. is fucking like five or 600. And it's like, how? They still haven't fully solved this in these first few games where like they don't give you a solid place to train. Yeah. What I'd say to that, and I completely agree with that, yeah. is that I was very, very grateful that this wasn't a Nuzlocke run. Because I remember when I was playing Diamond, the best way to train for the Elite Four is by immediately cashing out all of your gold on like healing items for when you like eventually like take the fight seriously and then just like playing them and losing to them over and over and over again. Because the actual fight uh, or the actual like victory road thing, there aren't enough evolved forms in there to make the experience efficient. So a Nuzlocke run of uh, Diamond, Pearl, Platinum would leave you completely in the lurch. Oh, I can't even imagine. And I did, don't get me wrong, I did throw myself at those Elite Four and lose a number of oh, times, yeah. but the I Elite wasn't even four, at the oh, right yeah, level to try it. At the the Elite Four will, were brutal in this generation. Oh my God. Easily the hardest one so far. I stocked up on like a bunch of like revives and like full heals and, and like uh, max potions and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, there were whole trainers in the Elite Four where it was just like, I was just dr- like, I would just have to drop a max potion just to stay in the game long enough to like let a toxic work, you know, like they are tough. Right. But we'll get to them in a second. Sure. We're still making our way through Victory Road. You know who I saw that I was into? Uh, who? Who'd you see? We've talked about this a little bit before, Josh, but there's a line that I don't like because I think they're all ugly called Magnemite Magneton. Magnazone. Magnemite Magneton. Oh, I love that line. But then the third new evolution is called Magnazone. I think Magnazone looks cool. Yeah, I'm into it now. Cool. Extremely cool. I'm officially into Magnazone. And I was excited to see one. It's the first time I've seen one in the wild. They're genuinely incredible, and I can't wait to see them in Pokemon Snap 2 and just take so many pictures of them. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I also liked, aside from the Magnazone, I liked that the trainers, I think it was, I don't know who it was, but I think it was just an ace trainer, the combos that they had, one of them had like a Mamoswine and a Rampardos. Like, they, I remember that being a good combo. Ace Trainer Omar yeah. had Mamoswine, Mothim, and Rampardos. That was like a good team, an interesting team. Yeah, the trainers in they got it right. Victory Road are pretty cool. And for the most part, their Pokemon are not disgusting. No. Which I like. No, I was pretty impressed. If there's one thing I hate, it's when the Pokemon game creators are like, how do we create something so disgusting that nobody is going to want to catch it except to complete the Pokedex? You know, I I do agree with you, Tony, that the Pokemon in Gen 4 are great. There's some really, like, very good, handsome Pokemon, and I love what they're doing with, like, Mm -hmm. evolutions where you didn't expect them and, like, the baby versions of Pokemons where you didn't expect them. Yep. But there are a few truly heinous Pokemon that they've introduced this gen, and, like, one of them we encounter in Victory Road which we've talked about before, which is Carnivine. Ugh. Disgusting. Oh, gosh. Awful. 
That's a disaster box it. Yeah. Carnivine. What the hell? Carnivine was the only real heinous one I encountered. Like, Mothim is pretty handsome. Like, I even like Mamoswine. Like, I think Mamoswine looks kind of cool. Yeah, I, th- I think Mamoswine's cool. Yeah. And as much as, like, I don't like Cranidos, I think Ramperdos is, like, it's not bad. It's just kind of a horny dinosaur. Ace Trainer Sydney had a Torterra. That was cool to see again. I love that one. Absol, I like. Oh, a Dusk Noir. Gladly got to see out in the wild. That's an incredible Pokemon. Yeah. I like Porygon Z a lot. I I wish there were a world in which I could play a Porygon or a Porygon Z, or a Porygon 2, because I think they're all really cool. You know, we could, one of these days, just not restrict ourselves with some heinous shit. No. (laughs) And just play whatever you want. No. That's fun. That doesn't sound reasonable to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to, your, to your point, Tanner, that's one of my favorite things about this generation is like they were, I thought that the Pokemon they chose to give evolved forms to from Porygon 2 to Tangela were like really, really inspired. And like what they did with them too, like were, were just, I don't know, it was all just like so cool across the board. I think that's true 99.9% of the time. Mm-hmm. We will talk about my You Make Me Barf Pokemon later when we encounter it, which is this new evolution of a, a former um, non-evolutionary Pokemon. Who was a barf. And a, and a You Make Me Barf Pokemon, yeah. Uh, I hope it's Megmortar. It is Megmortar. <laughs> And we'll talk about that when we get to it. So disgusting. I have a counter. I'm going to save it. You think Magmortar's good? I think it's cool. I think oh, it's a cool God, design. Josh. I think Magmar sucks. Yeah. and they, they But just, I think that they, Magmortar- They were like, how do we make Magmar still suck? And they're but like, But it's well, like, it's got a fucking like bazooka on. He looks like a Mega Man boss. I thought it was cool. I what the hell? feel like I- I know a lot of people that look like Magmar is my only contribution to this conversation. <laughs> they got the two like, big bulbs. Anyone on the Zoom call? No, no one on this Zoom call, but I have described people as Magmar looking before. And if the if I'm talking to the right person, they immediately know what I'm saying. <laughs> and they're like, you're absolutely right. They do look like Magmar. It's so interesting how much of your identity politics are tied up in looking like Pokemon. 100% of my identity <laughs> politics are tied up in Pokemon. It's the it's the only lens I recognize. That's obviously not true. I'm obviously kidding. But like it it's it's a biggie. Cuz didn't you have a nickname in in college? Oh, Agatha. Oh, Agatha. Ab- absolutely. But I would say that was not my politics. That was others' politics of me. Sure. Like when the most right. conservative Democrat gets called a socialist. It's like, no, I I don't necessarily identify with Agatha. Others use it to identify me. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. Thank you. Victory Road, it, we got through it and we made our way to the Pokemon League. It was a hell of a run. We had to have Golem in our party so that we could crush rocks. And we had to have Piplup in our party so that we could surf and do waterfalls. Beautiful. But we finally made our way to the Pokemon League, Josh. And I want to uh-huh. hear all about your battle with the Elite Four, starting with Aaron, the bug type trainer. I'm not going to tell you. After this break. <laughs> We've defeated Route 223. We've defeated Victory Road. We are on to the Pokemon League. It's the standard Elite Four setup, a little uh, antechamber where you can heal your Pokemon at a Pokemon Center. You can do some last-minute shopping, which I took full advantage of. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, yeah. Blew the bank here. Yeah. 
Had to. With how many times I know you have to lose to this Elite Four in order to beat this Elite Four. Like, you have to blow the bank immediately and then just, like, chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also put uh, an amulet coin on whoever I knew was the champion Pokemon so that I got double from every single one of these fuckers. Where did you get the amulet coin in this game? I didn't have the amulet coin. Oh, you know why? (laughs) Tanner, I know why you didn't. You get it in Amity Square, which you can only stroll when you have very attractive Pokemon. Oh, I got right. that when I took Baneri out. Yeah, they wouldn't let me. They were just they wouldn't let me tossing in. amulet coins at her. Yeah. <laughs> On the promenade. That's problematic. Oh, like like JD Rockefeller. I was like, no, 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 that's enough. That's enough. But that amulet coin has made me wealthy beyond Bree Vendor's wildest dreams. I haven't spent a ton of money this game, but I f- still feel like I didn't quite have enough money to to really deck out my team the way I wanted it to Uh-oh. Uh, for the Elite Four. Apart from the millions of dollars I spent on honey so that I could catch that monkey APOM, Ugh, um, this was the first real good, I think. Psychological warfare. I like a Pokemon with five opposable thumbs. Examine your choices. I th- Anthony, I- look at what you've done. You've spent that much money to get a ambipom? Every time I examine my choices, God gives me a little kiss on the cheek. So I'm fine. <laughs> like I, I'm feeling good. I feel like confident. Um, I know this is a little radical structure-wise, but should we not do level check now? Okay. This is where my team like came together. Okay. I'm fine with it. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. What I will say is that my Pokemon are a higher level now than they were going into the Elite Four. Oh, yeah. It's fine. That's presumed. Okay. I don't think I'm going to know off the top of my head each individual level, but these are the Pokemon I had. The highest level going in, I think, was 53. They were all 50 minimum. Okay. But I threw myself at the Elite Four, I think, four times before I actually won. Yep. I came in a little hotter than that to the Elite Four. I think most of my guys were at least level 55. Some of them were almost 60. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. But it still rocked my bottom, the Elite Four. They destroyed me the first time I went in there. I keep forgetting that rock my bottom is a bad thing for straight people. I was like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you did a good job. Yeah, I did a good job. That's what I meant. Yeah. Who wants to start? Tony's the guest. Yeah, why, okay. why, why don't I start? Okay. Uwu. As I told you, Uwu uses Pokemon's name to make a note for how he wants to eat them. Right. So the opener on my team is Raw the Ambipom. Okay. Um, and that's just, I, I, Uwu looks at its many-handed tail and is just licking his lips like a cartoon wolf when he sees a lady in a sequins dress. He likes hand meat. What comes out of those when you chop them up? Or how do you prepare those? Uh, yeah, how, those how would one prepare palms? those? Well, you, you, turn, palms. you turn the salt shaker in your kitchen at a 45 degree angle and the, the Malden sea salt comes out. And when you're done breaking its neck, which... Uh, it's the most humane way to do it, people. Don't Please do not at Anthony on this. And, and it's not no. only a humane way to do it. Just when you see Ambipom's shit-eating grin over and over and over again, it's the thing that you most want to do. So you do it right. Sorry, what I meant is it's the least humane way to do it. They can really feel it. They really suffer. And that's what we want because Ambipom is disgusting. Yes. I'll split the difference. It's the least humane motivation for the most humane form of Pokicide. 
And um, yeah, so so raw is the way that Uwu wants to eat the Ambipom. Uh, the Ambipom is at level 67. Okay, that's against the rules. Well, I know. Well, they'll be lowered to level 62 for the purposes of battle. Please forgive okay. me. Wow, that's like your champion, level 67. Jesus. That's not the only one I've got above the level limit. I've got four above the level limit and two hugely below it. So it's going to be a very funny battle. <laughs> there is my starter, Empoleon, whose name is Stockbones, and Stockbones is 63. That's going to add a fishy taste. That's going to any, any stew. It's part steel, so it's bones, not steel? Or is that part of the texture? So the taste? they say that umami is the sixth flavor, yeah. but steel boiling in a pot of water with penguin bones is absolutely the seventh <laughs> flavor. Hence why Uwu has decided that Empoleon is, a, is destined to be stuck. Right. There is Togekiss, whose name is Katsu, referring to the panko-fried way of eating uh, poultry and pork. That sounds delicious, I have to say. No, 100%. And, and, and that's a level 67 Togekiss. You fillet the wings off of one of those togekisses. Big wings. Ooh. You batter that, you cover it in panko crumbs, you deep fry it. And you've seen the wings, you know how like how Hardy. fatty they are. And yeah. like yeah. A, a mouth full of chicken fat and skin, boy howdy, that's, now that's a meal. That's the kind of meal that's basically dessert. Yeah. There's my Weavile. She is level 65. Her name is also raw because ultimately, like, a crudo is, is how uh, Uwu likes to eat, uh, eat his meals. Is the gem part of, like, the garnish? The gem is meant to be uh, gargled with a shot of gin, swallowed whole, and then oh, wow. thro thrown up later. Yeah. Um, at your leisure. So you can keep going, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, 100%. The gem upsets your stomach to make room for the other two Pokemon on this team, who are uh, Carpaccio, the Rapidash, <laughs> level 40, named after an IRL... <laughs> an IRL horse that I ate whole within moments of landing in Montreal. Humble brick. Oh, it's at the airport. They're just like, here's your raw horse, sir. Yeah, welcome to Montreal. Let's do the shittiest job of checking your passport. Here's a raw horse. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, we got all this horse to unload, so we don't care. It's a Rapidash. It's level 40. So as you can see, here's where the drop-off happened. And then... Um, I have Ortolan B, period, for my Star Raptor at level 38. Are you too familiar with Ortolan Bunting? No, it sounds like some no. great I know British Bunting is shit. a bird. Ortolan Bunting is a songbird that in France is... Um, Think about veal and like the way that we torture veal. And Ortolan Bunting sure. is even more tortured. Oh, wow. They are starved and then dropped into a thing of birdseed, and they just eat and eat and eat after, like, weeks of not eating. And the way, the speed with which they eat explodes themselves, and then they are cooked in, like, a thing of brandy and sauce. And they are, the, the, the eating of them is so cruel that one of the things that is traditional 
is to put you eat them whole they're tiny birds bones and all um the Uh, bone the bones poke you as a form of penance and you're supposed to put a cloth over your face so that god can't see you this seems like another one where you're fully like porked out like you've got a huge raging erection while you're doing this as huge as it gets yes (laughs) and uh, and it's good it tastes good. Have you had so, it? So while I've eaten a horse in Montreal, it. <laughs> I think that I draw the line several football fields ahead of Ortolan bunting, which I think like like hearing about this bird and what happens to it like almost made me vegan basically. Like it's Yeah, like, as it, a moral vegetarian, it's it's pretty uh it's pretty uh-oh. troubling for me to hear. No, uh-oh. yeah, it's it's deeply troubling. But anyway, that's exactly how Uwa wants to eat the staraptor. And what level is the staraptor? Uh, I'm, I'm not even 40, baby. It's 38. <laughs> the weird thing about that is you definitely caught the starly at the beginning of the game, sure right? Did. Sure did. But you know what? It's good. If there's one thing I don't want to do, it's pretend I give a shit about Starly. So <laughs> the every single Pokemon game is like, you want this bird early, right? And we're always like, yeah. They make the birds so dang handsome, though. Like, Pidgey is a handsome bird, and that line is handsome. Ooh. Starly is handsome. Yeah. Well, okay, here's the thing. Think about how many generations there are between Pidgey and Starly. Like, a lot of time passes. Yeah. I don't love the early birds in general, but, like, you know, they're fine. They're cool, whatever. They round out the team. They help uh, you Taylor. with the Yeah, Taylor's, Taylor's cool. Uh, okay, all right. That's uh, a little sweetie. Agree to disagree. Oh. Okay. You don't have to like the birds. You just have to cover your face from God while you eat them. <laughs> That's exactly. You don't. You don't have to like the birds. You just have to like the way they taste in one bite. <laughs> let me be, Let all. me just say, Brie Van Der would love to take Uwu over to that Seven Stars restaurant, and let's just go fucking to town. Brie Van Der's pop up at that restaurant is called Why Just Seven Stars, and it's a twenty-one course meal. <laughs> You're there all day. You are there for four and a half hours, and just <laughs> when you think you've eaten your last bite of food, Hamilton begins. <laughs> and it's the original Broadway cast, yeah, too. Yeah, you just hear you just hear a how does a bastard orphan, and you whip around in your seat because the stage has been behind you the whole time, and you go, no fucking way. And you grab your date's hand, and you're like, the original cast. Like it's it's a it's a beautiful thing and it gets him every time. When I was on my honeymoon with my wife, um, we went to a place in <laughs> Whidbey Island, Josh, in the yeah, Seattle area. Huge sound. One of the that's yeah, a good island. We were at a beautiful little uh, hotel resort, and we had the fancy dinner one evening, mm. and it was a it was like a stage show. Ooh. They came out. It was like a prefix menu, and they gave us what they gave us, and we ate the food and, and enjoyed it. And then the dining room is beautifully uh, – the, the set pieces were beautiful in the, uh-huh. the dining room. There are these little, like, hanging glass globes full of, like, succulents, like little dirt and succulents. Mm. And they were everywhere in the dining room. And then when we finished dinner, they were like, and now it's dessert course. And they came around and started clipping the hanging succulent spheres off of the ceiling and handing them out because it turned out that they were not dirt and succulents. They were – dessert holy smokes like chocolate and and oh cake my God. are and you it, kidding me 
blew our minds. It blew our minds, and I feel like that's kind of what ha- is happening at the uh, Seven Star Diner. Well, Twenty One Stars featuring the cast of Hamilton doing Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Bree Van Der, what are you dealing with this week? It seems like you've you've settled into a saucy little groove here. Yeah, Bree Van Der, uh, you suck. I think everyone saw it coming. Yeah, she kept handing out these and making good money, by the way, handing out all of these EV Lucians and she'd had enough. She closed up the farm and she said, no, nobody else can have these because they're too good. They're too precious and they're too exquisite. And only Brie Van Der can have them. So Brie Van Der's team is all EV Lucians now. Really? Yes. She's gone full cat lady. Cat, fox, dog. Yeah. And she's not even going to eat one of them? Well, Tony, she's got a whole box in her PC, and there's 10 or so EVs sitting around in there. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make a deal, they could go to a, a a worthy buyer, and I've got some stones, you got some stones. Let, let's see what we could do. I don't have nearly as many stones as I want, but I, I do want to say, now that Uwu thinks about it, you know in the Pokemon anime when Vaporeon uses acid armor and she sort of melts and becomes water and it's like really chic and beautiful? Yeah. What happens if you drink half of Vaporeon? Oh, you'll see things you've never seen before. That'll take you on a trip that you cannot believe. And that's That's what... part of the reason she wanted a Vaporeon. And Uwu is willing to pay six nuggets and a stardust for the chance to drink half of Vaporeon when it uses acid armor. You have any um you have any EV eggs in your box, Bree? Yeah, I got eggs too. I would love to um eat one of those. I, I think it's a delicacy in China where you eat the fertilized egg and it already has like essentially a baby chick Philippines. almost fully grown in How it. How fucking dare you in my fucking presence attribute oh our God. cruelest most disgusting food to a country that already has several of those how fucking dare you let the philippines have this one let the well well okay well well okay so just really feel free to edit this out i will tell the story as quickly as i can when i was little the bodega around the block for me i grew up in the bronx was raising uh, chickens for a cockfight and a hen laid eggs and i was like mom can i had i like stole the eggs and i was like I'm, I'm ready to reveal and i was like mom can i like hold these eggs close to me all the time and when they hatch into chickens i like i raise the chickens and my mom and my dad were like of course of course blah, blah, blah. and then like i would say like a week <laughs> such into supportive it, parents yeah no a week into it they were like here we like made an incubator give us the eggs and then like i looked in the incubator the next day and they weren't there and my mom and my dad had both turned them into balut which is the dish that tanner is describing which is um semi-fertilized growing embryos boiled um while they're still inside of the eggs eaten uh while the feathers and the bones have a little bit of crunch to them Uh, and they both loved it and they both laughed hysterically about the fact that i thought that i was going to have this like uh this chicken coop um so but that that explains a lot i digress but yes that that's a uh horrifying story we needed to know I'm so curious Crucial about the story. Smith family now. What can I say? I'm the good one. Like, that's yeah, it. I've seen a lot of like iconic Facebook posts that 
that Tony has shared. And uh, so, his family's legendary as far as I'm concerned. They are prolific Facebook users. <laughs> and there is, they just, I don't know. Like the Philippines is a country that truly like pops off on Facebook every single hour of every single day. <laughs> and my family is no exception. I would love to eat some Evie Balut. Is my too. point. I would too. Just like a, I can make that happen. A little Evie embryo, a little crunch to it because of the bones. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got Mitchell. You know him, you love him. I think a lot of people don't. I think Leafeon Jolteon is historically my favorite, but I really like the Leafeon design and play style. And I'm thinking maybe Leafeon is Leafeon it. looks like Swamp Thing to me in a way that it feels it feels dirty. Mm-hmm. I think the move style is cool like i've got razor leaf which is not very good but it will learn leaf blade i mm-hmm. think the main complaint that I'll, I'll say about all of this with the evs is that the move pools are so bad so limited so limited <laughs> like you have to spend and that's why the amulet coin thing was so crucial to me because i had to spend so much money and go on so many weird adventures into the woods to find like random tms and shit and like throw hundreds of thousands of dollars at the game corner in order to make these move sets. So I am going to announce what they are too. And like the leafy on one, I think is pretty dope. It's going to be really sick once it gets leaf blade, which I doesn't, I don't think it's till level 71. Yeah. Which is insane. It's a, and it's then it's going to be a slaughter, but like no one will ever see it. Yeah. So it only has razor leaf, but then it has swords dance, X scissor and a uh, synthesis. Um, level 62. I love Leafeon. It's a razor claw item too. It's genuinely a, a beautiful Pokemon. One of those living things that looks like its own ghost. And I say that as like a huge compliment. <laughs> yeah, I see that. It's so beautiful and haunting. Like in a way that Glaceon is like a twink that we've seen a million times. Like Leafeon <laughs> is something new. Well, speaking of Glaceon, Fox Snow, level 62. This twink's got ice beam, hidden power, hail, and mirror coat. What element is the hidden power? Have you figured it out yet? Steel. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Shout out to this dude in uh, the game corner, prize corner, who will tell you what your Pokemon's hidden power will be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Iconic. Then we have Jolteon Raiju, which has Thunderbolt. This one was a lot of work. Thunderbolt, Thunder Wave, Charge Beam which I think has been relatively useful, and then light screen. Hard hitter. Yep. Then Vaporeon, Merlion, level 62. Mm-hmm. And that has Surf, Aqua Ring, Toxic, and Protect. I don't know why I'm telling you you two this, because you're going to use this against me. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, not much we can do about it now. Our, our teams are I'm going to keep going. But... Because yeah. I, I just think it, it's like a lot of work because they basically they get the same moves and most of them are fucking bullshit. And they only get like good moves at level like 15, level like 39, and then level 57, and then level 64. And our cut for the level check was 62, and there was no chance I could have made it to 64. So with Glaceon, for example, I had to teach him Hail, even though he learns Hail at level 64. But it's like... His special ability is Snow Cloak, which increases his evasiveness when there's hail. Mm-hmm. So it's like I had to teach him hail to go into the Elite Four. Sure. 
And then we have a couple of new ones. So uh, Infernape, Bonzo, and April Giraffarig. We're sold. Good riddance. It's a good homes. I would love to taste the cheek meat of the little uh, the dark soul. evil head on the back of the giraffe rig. That's the real delicacy. And that's why you understand that um, horny and hungry are only four letters apart. <laughs> only. Only. Especially on this podcast. <laughs> and then finally... We have their replacements, Flareon, Mozilla. Okay. Because it's a Firefox. Right. And that's hot right now because they just redesigned their logo. Hey, I've been a Firefox fan for a while. I still use it. I'm on it right now when I'm looking at this. (laughs) That's so stupid. I'm a fan of the Flareon and the browser. (laughs) I can't imagine having a life so empty that you stand a browser but but go <laughs> what off. the hell else are you doing <laughs> what for the past year i became a, a fucking stan for firefox i went to the doctor every day so i didn't end up standing a browser <laughs> get a hobby josh yeah that's so uh, well it's this goddamn podcast how do you feel about the logo redesign are you upset about it? I thought it was good. Okay. Are pe- most people upset? I don't know. I don't have a stance on this because I don't care about Firefox as a browser, Josh. I thought it was pretty slick. Great. Okay, anyway, whatever. So Mozilla has Firefang, Return, Iron Tail, and Sunny Day. And then finally, Espeon, Weekend Cat, in honor of the fact that Espeon has been said to be based on a Lynx, the legendary Lynx, and Weekend Cat is the legendary cat that greets all of us who follow me on Twitter at Josh Fielstead and welcomes the weekend and it's Espeon. Psychic Shadow Ball, Grass Knot, Signal Beam, favorite moveset of this whole group. Oh, Signal Beam kicked my fucking, fucking ass. Yeah, I learned that from uh, the fucker Lucian <laughs> who has Espeon and then I got Signal Beam in the survival area on Battle Zone. Josh, can I ask you a gay little question? Of course. So, Weekend Cat is not named Friday Cat? No, because it's greeting the weekend. Do you follow Josh on on Twitter? Tony? I I do follow Josh on Twitter, which is part of why I, I just, every time I see what I now know to be named Weekend Cat, I always think, there's Friday Cat, I'd better throw it some engagement based on how much I like this one. Um, and so and <laughs> so you. I'm shocked to learn that it's Weekend Cat. The scientific name is Weekend Cat. It does happen on Friday. It appears yeah. on Friday, but it's greeting the weekend. That's beautiful. What a beautiful thing. Thank you. All right. And speaking of beautiful things, let's hear about Steve. Steve Human is not a Pokemon trainer. He's a human being who's on an epic road trip across the Sinnoh region with his drinking buddies. He doesn't, he's not a Pokemon trainer. He doesn't have any Pokemon on his team. He just has humans. It's so beautiful. It's a beautiful story. (laughs) It's like The Hangover 3. The most beautiful of all The Hangovers. It had the least jokes, which made it the most emotional for me. The academics say this. They say, Shakespeare invented all the stories and every story is just derivative of Shakespeare, except for... Hangover 3, which mm-hmm. is uh, the first unique story in 400 years. Right. Um, Common knowledge. And that's kind of what Steve Human's on. 
Steve Human is road tripping across Sinnoh. His first drinking buddy is Mr. Chuck. Tan growth, level 62. All my Pokemon are level 62, so I'll stop saying the level now. Beautiful. Mr. Coheed is my Snorlax. Mm-hmm. These two are old favorites. You've seen them. You love them. Yeah. Ms. Taylor, Licky Licky. Yeah. Ms. Poston, Toxicroak. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Cass, Mr. Mime, is back in the uh, back in the mix. Wow. Wow. Very curious to see how he'll do in our battles in a little bit, but... And did you run Mr. Cass against the Elite Four? Yep. Okay. Yep, I did. Uh, because I was curious to see how he would do. I was curious to see... He's He's got these powers. He's got three powers in particular. One called Light Screen, mm-hmm. which diminishes special attacks for five turns. Sure does. Sure does. He's got one called... I don't remember the name of it, but it diminishes physical attacks for five turns. And then he's got one called Safeguard, which prevents entirely status-changing attacks for five turns. So my thought was, let's get him in here. Let's make him uh, the the boss babe of the team and get him up front and drop all these things and then dunk and let the other Pokemon come in and cause ruckus. That's smart. The other reason was because Mr. Cass, we had to go find his wife. Right. We've got the National Pokedex. We went to Snowpoint Temple. We delved to the depths of it. We saw Reggie Gigas. Mm-hmm. We were not able to catch Reggie Gigas because you need to catch the other three Reggies first, and I was not willing to do that. But there is another Pokemon lurking around Snowpoint Temple, and it's Mr. Koss's wife, Mrs. Koss. And congratulations. Oh, that's nice. I, I believe your name was Robin Koss for having two Pokemon on my team <laughs> named after you. And the first ever Mrs.? Yep. Married to Mr. Koss, Mrs. Koss, Jinx. Wow. This is quite a What a team. team. Look at that. Tan growth, Snorlax, Licky Licky, Toxicroak, Mr. Mime Jinx. Beautiful team. Uh, it's like poetry. I prefer to eat less problematic Pokemon than uh, Mrs. Robin. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Cass. Well, Mrs., Mrs., Mrs. Robin to me. That's how I learned it. <laughs> So that's the team I went into the... Well, that's I, I didn't have Jinx at the time. Jinx was um, Roserade when I was going through the uh, Elite Four. Yeah, we should go into the Elite Four probably. In, in college, like I'm someone who played a lot of Pokemon and... They called you Agatha, in fact. Yes, yes. exactly. Exactly. And the Gen 4 Elite Four was the first ever Elite Four that I struggled with. And I want to talk a little bit about why like i the first time i play any game i don't do it with a walkthrough i don't like look for what's head or anything like that two of the three starting pokemon of the game which are theoretically the ones that you spend the most time with end up getting a third form that is weak to garchomp right like infernape obviously infernape would have been anyway even if like it didn't get fighting but like strangely empoleon gets a steel typing and that steel typing that Empoleon gets ends up making it extremely vulnerable to back-to-back Elite Four battles, right? One from the fire uh, trainer who suddenly, oh, yeah, Splint, who, who suddenly gets attacks on Empoleon that aren't like Empoleon doesn't resist it, and then like also to, to all of the earthquakes in the final battle, like it's oh, really a nightmare. The earthquakes are tough. Yeah. They're really tough. Yeah. 
For some reason, Cynthia didn't give me a ton of trouble. The one I really struggled with was Bertha, of all the people. Really? Oh. Yeah. That was the joke for me. Yeah, joke for me as well. Bertha was tough. Weirdly, Aaron was tough, too, because at the time I had two plant-type Pokemon on my team, Roserade and um, Tangrowth. Yeah. So the bug types kind of got through me, too. I feel like the Elite Four got easier as I went on. Oh, my trouble was actually... Well, in my first two runs, Aaron was the problem because I had, as you can all tell, I've been selling Pokemon from my team and then having to replace them with Eevees that I'm raising from level one. Okay. So Flareon was my lowest level Eevee. Oh. It took me until the second try that I was like, oh, Yan Mega, first of all, is a monster with that speed boost ability. Oh, God, that speed boost like, ability is brutal. It, it actually killed Flareon even when it was same level, 49. And it would use U-turn, which is a move I love because- I love U-turn. Throws uh, like, what, 80 damage at you and then it swaps out. Yeah, Fucking great. And so I just started opening with Glaceon, which seemed obvious in retrospect and just threw and it does some shit at me because it's Glaceon so slow and then Ice Beam. Mm -hmm. But eventually Lucian was the the worst one. Lucian, the, um, the psychic type yeah. trainer. Lucian was a nightmare uh, because of Alakazam and Gallade. Yeah, Gallade was tough. Oh my God, and the Espeon too. What am I talking about? You would think I would just throw my Espeon out that has both, well, now it has Signal Beam. At the time, it only had Shadow Ball, but all of Lucian's Pokemon has fucking Shadow Ball, basically. Mm -hmm. So I can't really use Espeon against him. And then I had to basically rely on just throwing Jolteon out there and just mm -hmm. Thunderbolting fucking all of them. Because uh, Jolteon's my fastest one and just hits every single one. I had a Shadow Claw abuser. That was like the main thing. I think like Flint was a pro Flint's Magmortar, which we've talked about, was a disaster. Okay, do you want to talk about it a little bit more? Because Flint's Magmortar was my you make me barf Pokemon of the week. They invented two new Pokemon for this evolutionary line. Formerly it was just Magmar, who's uh, ugly. But now they're like, let's make an even uglier little one called... Oh, Magby. Magby? Well, I hate Magby. Is Magby this generation too? No, Gen 2. Yeah. Gen 2. Magby and Elekid are both Gen 2. We've had Magby for a while. But then they added Magmurder. Yeah. They added the dummy thick Magmurder this generation. Oh, Magmurder is dummy thick. I think it's ugly josh and but you think it's beautiful and you love it and you want to marry it maybe it was what, stockholm describe what you why you want to marry magmortar i just think that with the design of magmar you have nothing to work with and i think that magmortar brings something to the table where it's like it's just got like a fucking giant like artillery arm that's they're all the, yeah. they're all the same cool. to me i'm not gonna use but it but he's got he's still got the same egg and body and chicken legs it's got a good move set it was a fucking Ugh. nightmare for me man nasty that killed more of my pokemon probably than any of the other ones I nasty think. solar beam flamethrower thunderbolt hyper beam nightmare the way i see it magmar is a himbo and magmortar is a himbo with a gun 
And there's nothing more dangerous is what I've learned. If it didn't scrub it out and like try to solar beam my Empoleon, allowing it the two turns it needed to surf it to death, like it would have been a problem. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I was fortunate that Ms. Taylor had surf for most of Flint, but definitely for Mag Mortar. Yeah. Let's let's very quickly talk about the the Elite Four. There's Aaron, he's a bug type. Mm-hmm. He's got Yan Mega, Sizor, Vespiquen, Heracross, and Drapion. Yeah. I think bug Pokemon are the coolest type of Pokemon. Second, maybe only to poison. It's like each generation showing off like the thoughtfulness of it. Um, I think that he's a really flavorful trainer. Yanmega is a fascinating yeah. Pokemon to open with. It's really cool. I think Vespiquen's kind of a cool Pokemon. Yeah, I, I would have used Yanmega if I was, like, unleashed <laughs> from these restrictions. I think Yanmega's really cool. I think his whole team's cool. I think his whole team's and cool. And I agree, Bug, Bug goes from, like, fucking shit from Gen 1 into, like... I mean, I feel like the pinnacle, although uh, Gen 8 has a couple of great ones like uh, or Beetle, but yeah. like, I think the pinnacle is kind of Gen 5. Is that when uh, Volcarona comes in? Sure is. Who's that? Volcarona is it's this a hot little fire. volcano little moth, and it's beautiful, and we stand. Yeah. And then from there, we have Bertha, who's the, the ground and rock type trainer. She's got Wishcash. Glysaur, Golem, Hippowdon, who's who was runner up for you, make me barf. Gross. <laughs> Looks like a corpse rotting in the sand. What do you think about Rhyperior though? Rhyperior kicked my little butt this week. Its name I think Rhyperior is a cool design. He looks like he's wearing I, a flak jacket. I think it's a cool design. I think its name is a little Nazi for me. <laughs> the name is bad. Absolutely. Well, well Rhyperior. What's Nazi about that? Am I am I missing something? Like superiority, supremacy is part of it. Yes. The fact okay. that like if Rhyperior rhymed with superior, I'd allow it. But they were like, let's go out of our way to make sure that everyone knows what this Pokemon's <laughs> politics are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. From there, we've got... Flint, who who he met back in Sunny Shore City. Trying to cheer up Volkner. Mm-hmm. He's got a Houndoom, a Flareon, a Rapidash, an Infernape. Beautiful team up until you get to Magmortar. I just want to say really quickly, that plot about cheering up the last trainer is one of the most ham-fisted things of all time. It's so <laughs> pointless. It's just like, you all know that we just went through hell with Mount Coronet yep, and yep. Team Galactic HQ Distortion World. Why, like, just put him in the gym? Who gives a shit? What I will say about this game is there's a lot of, like, finding the trainer somewhere else. So you think about, like, gold, silver, and, like, having to get the medicine so that, like, the steel gym opens up and, like, how long and involved that is. And then you think about this game, which you just, like, find them in some other house in the exact city that they're in and talk to them, and the gym will open. And it's, like, this added one... Like, they keep on trying to, like, put a little hat on the turd that is just, like, find them and talk to them and the gym opens. And this was the stupidest hat of them all. Well, especially because, like, the lighthouse... Nothing happens there. Nothing happens. You just go there and it's one level and you just talk to to 
whoever it is. Like it's that famous ground floor lighthouse. Like it's so bad. Like we've encountered right. lighthouses before, and they've been interesting, and they've yeah. been compelling, and like. Uh, I don't even remember what trainer it was oh, back Olibine in City. Gen 2, yeah. Jasmine again. Oh, I guess Jasmine. she's attracted yeah. to lighthouses, yeah. She loves a lighthouse town, but, like, again, this is a ground floor. You open the lighthouse, he's there, and he's like, oh, I'd better go to the gym. And it's like, is this an RPG? Like, that was so easy. <laughs> yeah, I, I also thought it was, like, so phoned in that it's pointless. Next up was Lucian, Mr. Mime, Espeon, Bronze Dong, Alakazam, and Glade. Glade gave me trouble. That was pretty much the only one here who gave mm-hmm. me any real trouble. I'd say maybe Bronze Dong gave me the most trouble, but like Bronze Dong is also just like a threatening Pokemon. Psycho Cut was challenging. Uh, Psycho yeah. Cut and Stone Edge would sometimes take me out in one hit. Mm-hmm. Like even Snorlax, who has a million hit points. Mm-hmm would take a psycho cut and if it was a crit would get one hitted that psycho cut is so it's it is emblematic of the splitting of like physical attack and special attack for each type totally. that is the move that is like wow they really made a psychic physical attack feel like a psychic physical attack yeah it was good yeah that was the same problem which well i guess we're about to come to that but with um lucario with on Cynthia's team. Or motherfucker. Oh Cynthia's team God. is Spiritomb, uh, Roserade, Melodic, Lucario, Tojikiss, and Garchomp. Tony Kiss. Tony Kiss. It's me, you guys. Her team didn't give me any trouble until Lucario and Garchomp a little bit, but Lucario is tough. Extreme Speed's a, a pretty brutal move. Aurasphere is a pretty brutal move. Yeah, Aurasphere is like a nightmare. It felt like no matter who I swapped in for Cynthia's Lucario, she had a counter. Like, there was no one on my team who was safe against the shit she was running. Yeah, I feel like even for the monotype trainers preceding her, the whole theme with this Elite Four is that they finally figured out that, like, oh, let's make sure that all of these Pokemon have, like, every single move basically is a different type, a different counter. Yeah. Anything obvious, like you would think, okay, Lucario, I'll throw a Psychic in there, which I did originally. Uh, Espeon, RIP. But then it's got Shadow Ball. And the Shadow Ball. And right. then you think like, oh, all right, well, I'm going to throw uh, Flareon in there. Fire. Stone Edge. Stone Edge. Yeah, it's, it's, she's, the, the Lucario's brutal. And it's the it's same just for like, all It's got a counter for everything. Yeah. Although I will say like, once I made it through Lucario, Spiritomb, and melotic and then Tojikiss, roserade and garchomp come out mm. then it was like a shit show because i had uh glaceon whose special attack is insane and the defense is so high that garchomp even throws an earthquake and it does like 25 percent really and I just ice beam ice beam ice beam oh i maxed here's another hint i maxed glaceon's defense and special defense horrifying great i'm looking forward to fighting that so it's it's like a tank so yeah that's the elite five the elite five effectively yes who was your guys's least favorite and who was your most favorite cynthia was and is i think the hardest trainer that the game has ever created in addition to a well-rounded extremely strong team 
She also seems to have an endless supply of full restores. Oh, God, the full restores. So brutal. And she deploys them at the... Like, she has a telenovela showrunner's penchant for drama <laughs> with how she deploys them. It's and, always the thing where it's like something will have like four hit points and you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to throw like a vine whip at it or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the, the least effective move because like, who cares? Mm-hmm. And then she drops the full restore and it does like 10 damage. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Cynthia. Yeah. It's really something else. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I agree with Tony. That Cynthia was is the hardest one I've fought so far. Mm-hmm. And also, I should have said with the Toja kiss, that's Joshi Sweetie. Yeah, it seems pretty obvious. Because that sweet tender meat. Look at this thing. I like that its beta design made it look like a jet plane. Like the Concorde was also really cool. And I do like that design more, but this one is just a sweetie. Do you remember when last I was um, here in your um, oral house and I extolled the virtues of Togekiss and we looked at some Togekiss porn? Yeah. And like, it really is a, a beautiful me. Po- Yeah, it really is a beautiful Pokemon. Beautiful. That was really, I think, subconsciously what laid the groundwork for me now admitting that Togekiss is a sweetie. I think last time I named you, um, your nickname last time, Tony, was Tonopee. Yeah. So you've really, you've fully evolved now into Tonicus. I've evolved. Uh, you made me happy and you gave me a shiny stone. And now I'm, yep. uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Tonicus. We're kind of running out of time. We were going to kind of get into the end game a little bit and talk about like going and getting the national decks and going and visiting places like the, um, the Trophy Garden and Snowpoint City and Snowpoint Temple, which is where I picked up Jinx. But kind of think we're out of time, Josh. We should just save that for next week when we're, we're chasing waterfalls. Yeah, we're just going to straight up, we're going to chase all the waterfalls next week, and I think we're just going to have to settle this on the showdown. If you're both prepared for that, we will do our our standard setup where Josh and I battle to see who the supreme champion of experience share is. It's going to be Josh. And then uh, Josh will battle Tony to see who the supreme champion of all Pokemon is. Let's do it. Are we prepared to do that now, gentlemen? Let's do it. All right. Well, we'll be back in a second to tell you if there was anything spicy that happened during the battle between me and Josh or to kind of relay the outcome of that battle to all of you bug catchers. We will see you in just a moment. Round one, fight. Josh, you once again this season... I think you've beaten me every time we've battled this season. I mean, I have lost, but not And you once again handily destroyed me. Humans versus Pokemon doesn't really work out. The two things I had going for me were Jinx's um, Parish Song, which is pretty nice. Yeah, that took out my Glaceon, but at the point that it was doing it, I managed to kill Jinx because this is where that hidden power Steel came into play. I used Hidden Power against Jinx, killed it, and then I had one turn left until Parish Song, and then I managed to pop off an Ice Beam on your Tan Growth and killed that in one hit, and then Glaceon went down. Yeah. Glaceon slaps. So Mr. Cass came in first, Mr. Mime, who dropped a safeguard so that you couldn't do status-changing effects on my team, which was nice for a little bit. 
And then Tangrothna's block, so I could toxic you and then block you from exiting the battle. Yeah, that was good. Or block you and then bring in Jinx and have Parish Song drop on you so that you can't leave battle, which is my two like big meta swing moves. But um, a bunch of normal type Pokemon cannot hold up against specialized Pokemon with moves that are designed to kill normal type Pokemon. So... Once again, you've defeated me in battle. You are the supreme champion of Experience Share a Pokemon podcast this season. I bow to you, and I Respecting. now that I am a vassal uh-huh. to you, I am counting on you to defeat Anthony Smith. Yeah, and rest control of Experience Share back from Vox, which controls it because Alana defeated us last time. Yeah. So, Anthony, having just watched that battle, how are you feeling about your odds against? Uh, he's got some tricks. He's really got some tricks. Although you've seen the tricks now. I'm feeling okay. I feel like the Vaporeon trick, you know, really reveals my cards mm-hmm. with the toxic Aqua Ring and Protect combo. We'll we'll see what happens. I'm really excited. All right, let's see what happens. We will be back in just a second to tell you what the outcome of the battle between Uwu and Brevander is. See you soon. Here's what just happened. Josh and Tony battled, and Tony didn't adjust his team. He had adjusted down his overpowered Pokemon to level 62, but he did not adjust up his underpowered Pokemon to level 62. So he was handily defeated, quickly defeated by Josh, but we realized the error because he had some some level like 38s on his team. So we, we insisted that he leveled everyone up to 62 within Pokemon Showdown. Yeah. Having done that, he already knew Josh's move set. He, he predicted Josh's moves. And then I, I graciously, by the way. It was, I would say, far from graciously. You were, you were whining like... Said that we should do another battle so that all of his Pokemon were at the same level 62. I have never heard someone whine so much. <laughs> can I say I graciously responded to that and can this one be just for fun? And the first one be official, Tanner, did I not say that? Yeah. Yes. So So here's here's where we're at now is Joshua handily beat Tony in the first game. Tony just annihilated Josh in the second game. Because he knew all my moves. Now they're going to have the opportunity to change their orders around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're going to battle again with their current teams, which are both 62 across the board. Yes. And as soon as you two are ready. Yes. As soon as your teams are adjusted, let's get into it. I just changed my order and I'm ready to go. We'll see you in a second, bug catchers. Let's go. Josh, I've never seen you saltier. <laughs> I spent... Josh, why are you so mad at me? You were genuinely angry. I did this shit because I thought that we were trying to do a theme team. And I guess, Tanner, you know what this is like because you've been doing it for all of the seasons so far. Yeah, you just have to you just I cannot have to live go, like Josh. this. Uh, this is not my personality. You have to let go. Where I can have a theme team and like I do all this shit where I spent literally 20 hours in the past week building out this EV team, and then I just get crushed? Yeah, you get no, creamed. I'm not playing like this ever again. Absolutely creamed. Weavile killed five out of six of my Pokemon. While it was toxic. If it makes you feel any better, I'm going to eat all of these Pokemon tonight. Have mine. <laughs> so that's it. Have mine. That's it. Weavile was was worthless anyway. devastating to you, Josh. You toxicked it. It was living on borrowed time, but it's it had Sword Dance, which doubled its attack, and then 
Night Slash. Oh, just Night Slash brutal. is a nightmare. And Tony and I were doing like in our head the like woman like calculating meme <laughs> where I was trying to figure out like, okay, is Tony now because he opened with obviously swords dance is he now going to use a move against me or is he going to do another swords dance which fucked me in the last game and then i ended up just going for uh surf and you lost i should have just gone for protect and he did night slash and then it was just a nightmare because tony your weevil is also quick as hell yeah it's faster than my jolteon which is like i don't know 200 speed like faster than that thing? The Weavile opening in Gen 4 was a staple of competitive play because like if you don't have an answer to it, your team is just fucking dead. So if you like if you see it, you have to like like no setup, no nothing, you have to like swing for it. Apparently. I think in retrospect I overanalyzed and got like two 4D chess in my head about what you would do. And yeah. I should have just put Flareon up front again and tried to just get in one Fire Fang, and that probably would have done it. Yeah, sure. But alas. Yeah, it was brutal. And you're the Supreme Pokemon Champion, and you now have to, um, well, I guess you're going to have to fight with Alana Oaken to figure out, because right now Vox owns Experience Your Pokemon Podcast, but we'll get it back someday. I have to say, this podcast is one of the things that like really and truly brings me so much joy in my life. Um, if I beat her, I will make sure that my first act as a uh, supreme champion of this podcast is to give it back over to you. Respect. I just, I, I really think the world of the two of you. You're so funny. You're so great, and I, I really feel privileged to be here. What is this? Where is this coming from? Well, yeah, well, you feel well, bad for Josh. Trick? You don't have to feel bad this for Josh. Trick? I, 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 if, if, if I ever felt bad for Josh, have my brain fucking scanned for like the <laughs> baddest COVID. How about you? promo yourself about how people can find you and our podcast i guess going forward i will say if you enjoyed even like a sliver of this please follow me on the social channels on instagram i'm anthony brian smith um because i was hacked and my screen name was changed but on twitter I'm Anthony B.L. Smith. Yeah. When last we spoke, I only, I think I only had one installment of my escape room by this moment. That I think we are you were speaking. on two. You're on two. Yeah. By this moment, the trilogy is complete. I have, I'm not even embarrassing to say, but I have submitted it for uh, two Webbies. Hell yeah. And so uh, if you, if you liked any of this, go to my Twitter. It's in my pinned tweet. Play it, tell me what you think of it, and just uh, send good vibes my way because I would love to win. Vote for him for a Webby. And if you're on the Webby board, just give Tony the Webby for just, Christ's just sake. Just give me the Webby. Come Who on. else are you going to give it to? Yeah. What's, what is even going on in the internet anymore? Nothing. That's true. And yeah, that's all I've got for you. Thank you for joining us, Tony. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you for donating your time. No, it's really my pleasure. Uh, you're the Supreme Pokemon champion. We 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 pale in comparison to you. Uh, God bless you. God bless America. <laughs> Tony, Joshua, this has been Experience Share Pokemon Podcast. I have been Tan Mega, aka Tanner Green Ring. I am joined, as always, by my co-host Garchosh, aka Joshua Fielstead, and we are joined, as you heard, by Tony Smith, aka Tony Kiss. Please do rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. 
follow us everywhere that you follow podcasts, be that Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or wherever. And do uh, follow us on um, social media as well, at expsharepod on Twitter and Instagram. And Tony at Anthony BL Smith on Twitter. On Twitter, but Anthony Brian Smith on Instagram because someone hacked my Instagram and changed them so they were different. That's it, Joshua. Uh, Tony, I will see you again soon. Yeah. Please feel free if you're doing a Nuzlocke run of Heart Gold, Soul Silver. I'd love to be a part of that. We're probably going to do something like a Nuzlocke run. It we might will be do some slightly kind of more complicated modification to a Nuzlocke run, and we should say yes. We are doing the proper uh, chasing waterfalls episode next week. Yep. we'll do battle zone and all of that. And then, and, and then, then we, we have got a bonus a, episode, a secret yeah. bonus episode that I did accidentally reveal on my other podcast. I saw that on the <laughs> subreddit, so you might as well just <laughs> say Sanders who Club it will Club. be. <laughs> No, go listen to that show if you want to know who it's going to oh, be. Oh, okay. We'll leave it for a secret. Yeah. So go listen to that if you want to know what the secret is. But otherwise, uh, we will see you next week for Chasing Waterfalls. And then we will see you the week after that for that special bonus episode. And then it's on to Heart Gold and Soul Silver. So pick up those carts while you can, bug catchers. Good. Bye. Bye, everyone. Smell you later. I can't wait for this podcast episode to become Exhibit A in a case against you. (laughs)